Hello and welcome to the West Beach Challenges podcast, as well as listening to an amazing talk. So if you haven't listened to it before, episode 51, I talk about the menopause. This talk I listened to was all about sleep. Again, I need to record them quite uh, quickly after having listened to these amazing experts. So I actually remember what they said. Um, the guy who chatted to us about sleep was pretty phenomenal. He's written like a whole book um, about it. I'm just uh, trying to see if I can actually remember what he was called. I think his name was Nick Littleholes and his uh, book is called Sleep. But his background is in training athletes and working out how they can basically optimize their sleep no matter where they are. So he had some crazy photos of um, cyclists who are just like having to crash um, on a mattress and sleep in like 20 minute intervals because they've got some crazy endurance race. But it was really interesting. So before I forget everything I heard, I thought I would just talk to you about um, sleep and maybe some take homes to improve your own sleep. And it's all going to be down to seeing if you can get into a really nice rhythm with your sleep. So what can you do to improve your circadian rhythm so your body knows when it wants to be awake and it knows when it wants to be asleep? And he did chat quite a bit about the fact that there are AMers versus PMers. And he talked about this as sort of being like a chronotype and what type of person are you? Are you somebody who bounces out of bed? You go to the loo straight away. You're hungry for breakfast. You can't wait to start your day. Or are you more a PMer? You kind of would ideally sleep into like nine or 10. You could easily push breakfast to lunchtime. Um, and maybe you kind of come awake a little bit more at night. And he was talking about the fact that this world is not designed, sadly, if you are a PMer for you PMers, it's really designed for us annoying AMers who jump out of the bed and feel great. And he was saying that it's probably like a 30-70 split. So the majority of us are probably more PMers and uh, the minority of us are more like AMers. But he was talking about things you can do to improve your sleep. And I think we sometimes do think about uh, sleep hygiene and doing things like taking the telephone out of the bedroom, don't have any devices in your room, you know, making it nice and dark, making it cooler, all of those things. But he was actually saying, if you're thinking about optimizing your sleep, you really need to be thinking about that really early on in the day. There is no point thinking about um, just that last little half hour before you go to bed. Your, uh, the rhythms in your body, so your like body clock, you need to be giving it information all day long to make sure that uh, you're going to be give, feeding it the right information to help you get into that nice rhythm so you are tired at nighttime and you are sleeping well. So he talked a lot about taking... Um, taking like little recovery times throughout the day. So sort of thinking about down-regulating. So maybe sort of around two or three in the afternoon when we naturally have that slump, taking some time out either to, and I think the majority of you, <laughs> this was, I shouldn't probably say that, but it was a guy chatting. He was like talking about an afternoon nap, but I was thinking, ah, yeah. I don't think any of us guys are probably in that position where we can just like, 
go off and have an afternoon nap, but knowing that there's that really natural slump in the afternoon where you do feel more tired and actually maybe popping in a um, a little meditation at that point, like at two in the afternoon, sort of taking your eyes away from the screen actually inserting some form of gentle exercise like a walk maybe where you go and look at horizon so if you've been focused on a really small point on a screen that you take a break that you give your brain a break and you look at a horizon you um open out your gaze and you just take a moment of down regulating your system so you can't just down regulate just before bed he was really talking about the fact that inserting maybe a bit of breath work if you've got a apple watch it tells you to breathe every now and again and actually i'm pretty sure having listened to his speech that that is all about taking these moments of down regulation during your day so really trying to use those moments to bring your system back down. So little kind of recoveries during your day, time to bring your cortisol down, to bring your stress down and looking for those recovery opportunities. Is there anything you could do? Is there anything you could insert into your day? Maybe it's three minutes of breath work, kind of in the middle of the morning, middle of the afternoon, maybe sort of later on in the um evening but they have to kind of be inserted as like little recovery opportunities throughout your day definitely thinking about your environment so it wasn't a massive surprise but if you're like me i still haven't done it even though i know i should but really thinking about taking everything out of your bedroom and then only putting essential things back in and really thinking about whether those things are serving you do you really need to have that in your bedroom is it going to be very tempting to check a notification if your phone is just there and what that is doing because we all know we've all heard about like blue light so try not to expose yourself to blue light and blue light is things like daylight or obviously looking at our screens that's really stimulating for us so the important thing to know is how awesome um daylight is and how you definitely in the first, so if you carve your day up into um, quarters, so you think about the two first quarters of your day, you want as much blue light as possible because that blue light is going to um, activate serotonin, it's gonna give you energy. And he actually was talking about how he will move his laptop to go and work in a sunny spot just because he knows the benefit of getting sun and light onto his skin to activate that serotonin to suppress the melatonin which is going to be the thing that suppresses your brain and makes it sleepy whereas the serotonin is going to be activating your brain and stimulating it and when you start to think like that you're thinking okay so in the first quarter of my day i want that blue light i want daylight i want to seek out the sunny spot can you work in a sunnier spot if you're working out can you do it by a window if you go to a gym can you find one with a big window and place yourself there he was i mean again uh, i don't think i'm going to be getting a, a a lux light meter but being aware that you need to accumulate a certain amount of light into your body each day to kind of be performing optimally so really think about it he was saying due to covid Obviously, so many people stopped commuting, stopped going outside, stopped getting sunlight onto their skin. And the detrimental effects that is having on your energy levels and on your sleep is phenomenal. And obviously, if you're not sleeping well, 
and that accumulates over time, how awful that will be for your general health, et cetera, and make you more predisposed to getting ill. Um, so just really thinking at any moment in time, could I be in a lighter spot? Can I move my laptop and work in a room um, at one point in the day and then move my laptop so I'm still in the sunshine in the afternoon? Um, and he did really talk about being really careful of sleep trackers and just basically how rubbish they are, which probably, if you guys have been with me long enough, isn't a massive surprise. We don't need to track anything like our, even your workouts, like the information we're getting isn't probably accurate. It's probably not helpful. And just noticing how you're functioning, how you're performing, how your body composition is, is going to let you know really quickly whether you're getting the balance right. Um, he talked about cycles of sleep as well. And we probably all have this notion that when we fall asleep, we're hoping for like eight hours. But he said, actually, if you think about it, you're really looking to optimize your sleep. We sleep in like 90 minute cycles. So he was saying, imagine the beginning of sleep is like you're at the top of the stairs and you're in light sleep and you're wandering down the stairs, hoping to get into deep sleep, but you only spend about 20% of your time in that deep sleep. And it takes you 90 minutes to go through this cycle of kind of stepping down the stairs when you're still in light sleep, 20% at the bottom where you are completely unconscious, you're completely vulnerable to the outside world, anything could probably happen and you wouldn't wake up because you're in that really, really deep sleep, you're completely paralyzed, you're not moving. Um, and you are having that really deep restorative sleep and that the parts of sleep either side of that 20 minutes are that lighter sleep. Um, he did also say, which I think will resonate with all of you, is that women aren't as good at going into that really deep sleep. And that's because we need to be more alert and aware and hear the child. So if you've ever laid next to your partner and been like, why can't he hear them? He might be in deep sleep and he can't have his deep sleep interfered with. He really is completely like dead to the world. Whereas as a female, I think we're a bit more predisposed to being able to be woken out of it. But again, he was saying, if you think about like a baby, you know that if they sleep for anything under 30 minutes and you wake them up, they'll be fine because they haven't hit deep sleep. If you wake them up once they've slept for more than half an hour, but you don't just let them sleep on to the end of that sleep cycle of 90 minutes, they'll be a nightmare. And we're all a nightmare when we're woken up from that deep, um, deep layer of sleep. So it's much better to let sleep go in that cycle of like 90 minute cycles. And we all go through those cycles every night. Um, so if you think about it, it's five lots of 90 minute cycles, it would probably be ideal and equate to kind of what we talk about being the ideal um, level of sleep. But he was saying, therefore, don't worry, if you wake up, you'll wake up probably after one of those 90 minute cycles. And if you need to go for a wee or whatever, obviously keep lighting low, but then you're just going to go back into another sleep cycle. So this idea of unbroken sleep is probably not very true. And we're all cycling through these 90 minute sleep cycles. Um, so some top tips, one of them was have a really consistent start to your day. I'm just going to see if I've written down what he said it was called. Oh, I might come to it in a minute, but basically, and this was quite bad news when I mentioned it to my husband, Tim, he was like, oh, but have a consistent start to your day. And that includes the weekends. He was saying, otherwise, it's a bit like weekend jet lag. If you're always like oversleeping um, at the weekends, 
um, or going to bed like much later. He said it would be better if you did have a late night, still get up at the same time and then take that recovery in the day. So to take a nap, but have a consistent start to your day, expose yourself to light as soon as you can. And again, talking about that, like Lumi light, which apparently Lumi, L-U-M-I-E.com. I'm going to be looking up to try and uh, get one. Um, so have that consistent start to your day, have a consistent routine of when you go to sleep and when you get up. We all know about making, um, going from light to dark, but again, gradually bringing down those light levels. When you're kind of getting to the end of that, like third quarter going into like that, uh, yeah, going into the early evening. So really starting to think about winding yourself down don't start spiking your serotonin by watching some like hideous uh, jumpy drama. You're trying to put your body into a state of calm, have a kind of tech shut off um, where you're not responding to emails. You're not um, having your, um, your thoughts intruded on by other people. So have a time where your phone shuts off or you turn it off, you put it in that back room and you know you won't check it again till you've done your journaling the next day to set out your intentions. So again, just have some better habits around it. Um, and let me have a little look. What else did he say? Oh, I've got something here, which is quite nice. It says light snacking on serotonin. Quite liked that notion. So thinking about your day, are there opportunities? It's a great way to get steps as well. So like step snacking, can you light snack? Can you just leave the office? Can you just expose yourself to some light, get some serotonin? Um, so really thinking about the fact that in that first um, two quarters of your day, you want the serotonin. And then that sort of final... Um, two quarters, You from about 6.30 at night, you're wanting to start to get things a little bit deeper. Um, and let me have a little look. Oh, interesting. I have actually nearly got to the end of my amazingly comprehensive notes, which <laughs> that's why I had to do the podcast quite quickly before I forgot it all. But um, he was talking about, it's interesting that the optimal, so when he teaches people how to sleep, he'll teach them to sleep on uh, the opposite side to their dominant side. And that's because you're so vulnerable when you're in your deepest sleep that you want your good hand to kind of like basically be able to hit out and basically hurt someone if they came to hurt you at night in the fetal position. So you should be on your opposite, the opposite side to your dominant side and lying in a fetal position because yeah, you need to, you're going to sleep the best when you are um, feeling like you can protect yourself. So again, maybe try that out tonight. See, see how that fits. But I think that the big things were get up and expose yourself to daylight. If you work indoors, walk yourself to work still, you have to get sunlight on your skin. I think, oh, the other thing actually, which I am, I'm just looking, I, I had, this was what it was called, social jet lag at the weekend. So feeling like on a Monday morning that you have just basically like taken a flight to New York, it's called social jet lag. So if you do get social jet lag every weekend, and you don't feel like you're fully firing until Thursday, have a think about your um, internal time clocks and the fact that we want to get them a bit more balanced, a bit more routine. And then very, very quickly, somebody else who I was listening to was talking about adenosine. And um, if you think about adenosine, it's the thing that's gonna drive you to want to go to sleep. So if you think about having an empty pot, as your day goes up, um, so as your day goes on, you fill up your pot with adenosine. So by the end of the day, your pot's full and your drive to sleep 
is um, very high. So obviously that just kind of uh, correlates with as your day goes on, the more you do cognitively, the more you do physically, the higher your adenosine levels are going to be. But then it was talking about the fact that when you um, take caffeine, you actually block uh, the um, receptors for adenosine. So thinking about the timing of your coffee, I have said it before, but I know there's a lot of podcasts to get through. So if you haven't heard me say it before, it is not optimal to be having your first coffee um, as soon as you wake up because your adenosine levels are low anyway and your cortisol is high when you wake up. So we wake up in a high stress state, which apparently, interesting fact, is why most cardiac arrests and things will actually happen in the morning because our cortisol is high. So you need to use that natural cortisol. Um, the fact, obviously, that your adenosine at that point is quite low um, to just get up and have a non-caffeinated drink and then time your caffeinated drink to give you that boost kind of more like late later in the morning, but cutting off, and this was a bit of a theme as well from lots of the talks I listened to, cutting off your caffeine um, definitely by sort of 11.30 midday so it doesn't interfere with your sleep. Even if you don't think caffeine interferes with your sleep, it is interfering with your sleep. And if you're looking at improving the quality of your sleep or the quality of how you're feeling in the day, you need to be looking at definitely decaffeinated options for everything after kind of 11.30 midday and just see what that impact is. Because although you think you're having that caffeinated drink or um, sometimes that craving for sugar in the afternoon, it's actually just feeding a cycle um, which isn't healthy and it's not leading to an improvement in your sleep. On that amazingly, maybe for some quite depressing note, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed these like little uh, Katie went to a conference and learned some new things style podcast, but uh, obviously let me know. You know, I always like to hear from you guys and I will speak to you on Friday. Bye.